slides it out for Ekblad. Back to Hoffman, blocked by Polak and Price. Another spectacular stop. Broussard tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Barzell with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, everybody, welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. So glad you could join us today as we speak all things New York Islanders. We've got a lot to discuss today. We're going to talk about something that has really helped the Islanders in recent games, and that is their power play. We're going to break down the improvement there uh, in our first segment. We're also going to discuss Austin Zernak, who played in the game on Monday, and and that's his second appearance with the Islanders. We're going to talk about what he can do and and what he might add to the Islanders lineup. We've got our Islanders birthday of the day and a whole lot more to discuss all on today's show. If there's something Islanders related that's on your mind, you've got a question, you've got a topic you'd like us to discuss, a comment on something we've already talked about, Please feel free to email the show. The email address, as always, lockedonislanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your name and tell us where you're from, we are more than happy to mention you on the air when we talk about whatever it is that's on your mind. You could also follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Isles. And you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at Ice Wars NYRVSNYI. And we'll keep you up to date on all the latest news, notes, and happenings concerning the Islanders. And, of course, I also do tweet during Islanders games to give you my instant analysis on what's happening on the ice. So, the power play. And I wanted to start with that because we have mentioned a number of times on this show, and for obvious reasons, that this Islander team is more or less built to win low-scoring games. That, you know, the Islanders are not going to beat you 6-4 to four or 7-5 to five all that often. And at the end of the day, when you're struggling to score goals, when, you know, three goals is, is a little bit more than maybe what you're averaging, then you need to be able to make those power play opportunities count. And early on in the season, the Islanders were indeed struggling on the power play. But now, their recent success over the last, let's say, 10 games uh, has them up to 12th in the league. Now, they were in the mid-20s 10-day games ago. Now, for the season, the Islanders' power play at 23.1%, and that is good for 12th in the NHL uh, right now through 18 games played for the New York Islanders. And right now, Brock Nelson leads the Islanders in power play goals with four, Anders Lee right behind him with three, but I think, you know, part of it is also... Uh, 
the fact that the wealth has been spread around a little bit so far as the power play is concerned. And another uh, two players who have been a big part, well, let's say three, of the power play. Nick Letty leading the team with five power play assists. Josh Bailey not far behind him with four. And then Noah Dobson and Matthew Barzal tied with three power play assists each. So part of it is the spreading of the wealth that these players, you know, a lot of them are participating in the success of the power play unit. And over the last 10 games, I did a little homework, broke it down. The Islanders are seven for 20 on the power play. That is better than one third success rate, obviously. And the first thing is the fact that this team is still only getting 20 power play attempts in 10 games has to tell you something. They're not drawing enough penalties. They still aren't getting the respect from the referees when it comes to creating power play situations, especially when you consider that this Islander team is the kind of team that is always moving their feet, keeping things moving, keeping things going. You would expect playing that style of hockey, you would draw more penalties. And the other thing is this, you you mentioned, you know, that they had only an average of two penalty power plays per game over the last 10 games. Six of them came in the game against the Philadelphia Flyers uh, back on January 31st. So in the other nine games, the Islanders had 14 power play opportunities, simply not enough. And it's something that they have to find a way to rectify. But on the ice, one of the things we've seen is a lot more patience by the power play, better movement of the puck once they get into the zone and get possession established. And they are moving without the puck, which is always important, doing some good, quick, cross-ice passing, keeping the puck moving, and that tends to tire out the penalty killers who are on the ice, and you then add to that players like Brock Nelson and Anders Lee, who go to the net, who set screens, who get deflections and rebounds, go to those so-called dirty areas of the ice, and those are some of the reasons that this Islanders power play has been better as of late. And it's important. It really, really is important that the power play be productive. And it's not just the first unit. You go back over the uh, the last 10 games, two goals on the power play for Jean-Gabriel Pajot. He's on the second power play unit. Couple of goals for Brock Nelson as well. Uh, Lee. Letty, Barzal, these are the guys who are really picking up the power play goals. And again, a defenseman, guys on the second unit, guys on the first unit. Uh, players like Letty and Bailey, they really uh, create better with that a little bit of extra time and space that the power play provides for them. And ba uh, Bailey has probably the best vision of any player on the Islanders as far as uh, hockey sense and seeing the open man and finding the open spot on the ice to create plays. 
and Letty is, you know, the quarterback of the power play with Dobson quickly being groomed to take over that role as well. So very encouraging and very important that the Islanders, you know, it's encouraging that the power play has been better as of late, and it's important that they keep getting good production on the power play in order to continue to win hockey games. All right, we've still got a lot more to talk about on today's show. We've got our Islanders birthday of the day. We're going to talk a little bit about Austin Zernak, who played again on Monday night against the Buffalo Sabres and played well for the second time this season. We'll be talking about him, where he might fit in, a little bit about his potential. So all that and more still to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Islanders fans, today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. Comes in 18 amazing flavors like the newest caramel brownie, cookies and cream, apple almond crisp, lemon almond cheesecake, and think about some of these original flavors like mint brownie, salted caramel, double chocolate, and toffee almond. Well, all 18 flavors are covered in 100% chocolate. They are soft and easy to chew, and they have flavors with nuts and those that are nut-free. Built Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber, so they're great for the keto diet. And let's look at the Cherry Barcia flavor. 17 grams of protein in every bar, just 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and 4 grams of net carbs. Right now, go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code Locked On. You'll get 20% off your next order. That's promo code Locked On for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Today on Locked On Today podcast, Tiger Woods hospitalized after a car crash early Tuesday morning. Host Peter Pikowski gives you the latest details. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get podcasts. So I wanted to talk a little bit about Austin Zarnick, who was back in the lineup on Monday night, replacing Uncle Leo, Leo Komarov, who was out. And Zarnick was in on the third line with Jean-Gabriel Pajot and Oliver Wallstrom. And I think this line as a trio actually worked well together because Zarnick You know, he hadn't been in the lineup since 10 games ago, January 31st. He had uh, 9 minutes and 11 seconds of ice time, attempted two shots. Barry Trotz basically praising Zarnick after the game, talking about his intelligence on the ice and the fact that he could play either left wing or right wing, which certainly enhances his opportunities to get into the lineup. And... Here's the thing about Zarnik. He is intelligent. He will be responsible in his own end of the ice. The potential drawback of Austin Zarnik is that at 5'9", 170 pounds, he can be overmatched physically. But he's a hard worker. He sees the ice well. And he really uh, is the kind of guy who you can rely on to to get the job done. And look, in the AHL, he was, uh, you know, he had a 25-goal season for the Providence Bruins back in 2017-2018. Uh, 
yet to really establish himself in the NHL. 123 career NHL games, 13 goals, 38 points. Most of that coming with Calgary back in 2018-2019. Six goals, 18 points in 54 games. Uh, and then with Boston the previous year, five goals, 13 points in 49 games. So he has a certain amount of creativity in college and in the minors. He showed he can score, but in the NHL, his size may limit him a little bit. But here's the thing. If he can show that he's dedicated to playing smart hockey in his own zone, not afraid to be physical when he needs to be physical, he would be the kind of player who can create a little bit on offense, who will be responsible on defense, and who can, but the fact that he could play either wing adds to the fact that, you know, they could throw him out with Leo Kamarov or Kiefer Bellows or Oliver Wallstrom or anybody else, really, and he can fill in. I like him as a bottom six forward who can, you know, add a little bit of offense on occasion and who will lead by example when it comes to effort and determination. So, We'll see what happens uh, as far as what he gets going forward, but Barry Trotz impressed with him. Meanwhile, Kiefer Bellows, who was in the lineup a couple of games back and hasn't been back in the lineup since, not seemingly earning the trust of Barry Trotz. And again, mostly because he hasn't always been as good in his own zone, and that really is something that Barry Trotz and the Islanders insist that all of their players do. And, you know, part of it is also this, I think. It is an adjustment for Kiefer Bellows to be a bottom six forward. He is used to being a a power forward, a goal scorer, a guy who's going to see time on the power play, a guy who's going to get top six minutes. He, He had that all throughout juniors, all throughout his minor league career, and now the adjustment is, can Kiefer Bellows be responsible enough defensively, game in and game out, give that effort that the Barry Trotz system really requires. So, looking at this situation, looks like Austin Zarnak may make some more appearances over the short run, and Also, you know, we'll probably see less of Kiefer Bellows. So we'll keep an eye on that. And and I think part of this, realistically, for the Islanders is this. When you've got six potential forwards, five or six potential guys trying to get ice time for two spots on that third line, you are putting pressure automatically on these guys to deliver. Because if they don't, There are plenty of alternatives out there. You could always put Leo Komarov back on the ice. You could always, you know, turn to Oliver Wallstrom, turn to Zarnik, turn to uh, Ross Johnston. And, you know, there are other guys who you can plug into that spot. One player who you won't be able to plug in, at least not for the next few games, Michael Dalcole. Dalcole back on the injured reserve uh, and was playing pretty good hockey, 
before the injury. So Dal Cole right now uh, on the injured reserve, and we'll see how long it'll take for him to get back. So no Michael Dal Cole. He's got to miss uh, at least three games, and uh, hopefully he will be able to come back soon. Until then, uh, you know, you got Wallstrom, you got Ross Johnston, who hasn't played much since the first few games of the year. Uh, you've got Zarnik. You know, there are a number of uh, Timoshov, Kamarov. You've got a number of different guys who could fill in on that third line. I would still like to see, I'd like to see Wallstrom get regular minutes. He's earned it, and it's only a matter of time, I think, before he scores. But they keep these guys hungry and keep them trying because they know there's very little margin for error if they want to stay in the lineup. All right, we've got more to get to on today's show. We'll have our Islanders birthday of the day and more still to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Islander fans, today's episode is also brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football season might be over, but we still have the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL. And believe it or not, pitchers and catchers have reported baseball is just around the corner. Bet Online even covers things like awards, TV shows, and reality TV. You can get real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So if you put $100 into your account, they'll put $50 more in your account absolutely free. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Every Wednesday on Locked On NHL, take a deep dive into the Western Conference with Sarah Avampato of Locked On Kings and Tom Gazzola of Locked On Oilers. Whether it's a look at the top end contenders like Vegas and Colorado or breaking down the rebuilds of the Kings and the Blackhawks, Locked On NHL has you covered on Western Conference Wednesdays. Subscribe to Locked On NHL wherever you get podcasts. So it's time for our Islanders birthday of the day, and uh, this one is a little bit late, two days late to be exact, but a very happy 56th birthday to former Islanders defenseman Joe Rieke. Rieke, uh originally drafted in 1983 by the Hartford Whalers in the seventh round. They don't sign him. And he is drafted again in 1985 by the Sabres in the sixth round. And Riki was a big, physical, defensive defenseman. Six foot three, nearly 200 pounds. Not a big offensive contributor, but boy, you know, he was tough to get around and was good at slowing the opposition down. He joined the Islanders in 1989-90, remained with the team through the 1991-92 season, uh, pri- prior to the Islanders, was with the Buffalo Sabres, later played for Tampa Bay, Washington, and Chicago before hanging up his skates after the 2001-2002 season. 902 career NHL games for Big Joe Rieke, 25 goals and 164 points 
for his career. Add 51 Stanley Cup playoff games, including a couple of runs to the Stanley Cup final, uh, well, one back in 1997-98 with the Washington Capitals. And going back to the 90-91 season, Ricky scored three goals for the Islanders. Two of them were game winners. And we're going to go look back at one of those, Madison Square Garden, Islanders taking on the Rangers, and Glenn Healy, the goaltender for the Islanders against John Van Beesbrook for the Rangers. Obviously, both of those goalies played for both the Islanders and the Rangers in their career. UB McDonough got the Islanders on the board first, his third of the year from Mick Vakota at 4.02, so... Uh, the fourth line pitching in, and then late in the period, Brent Sutter, his fifth from Pat LaFontaine and Derek King. The Islanders had a 2 to nothing lead after the first period. In the second period, the Rangers got a little closer. John O'Grodnick, his seventh from Darren Turcotte and David Shaw. That one coming at 18.56 after 40 minutes. It's a 2-1 to one Islanders lead. Vakoda got into a fight early in the second period with Dennis Vile of the Rangers, and Vakoda picked up an extra two for instigating that fight. In the third period, the Rangers tie it early. Ray Shepard is fourth from Bernie Nichols and David Shaw at 128, but then Joe Rieke, his first of the year from Pat LaFontaine and Pat Flatley at 540, that was all she wrote. It's the game winner. Islanders edge the Rangers on the road at the Garden by a score of 3-2. to two. Glenn Healy, 30 saves in 32 shots to earn the win. The Islanders also with 32 shots on John Van Beesbrook in this one. As for our Islanders' birthday of the day, Joe Rieke, he has the game-winning goal on his only shot on goal. And that was a big one for Riki. So once again, a very happy 56th birthday. I'm sorry we're a couple of days late, but Joe Riki, 56 years old and, and a good guy and a solid defensive defenseman back in the day for the New York Islanders. One last thought here. The Islanders have been very good on home ice. They are 5-0-1 after uh, Monday's win over the Buffalo Sabres at home. So, have yet to lose in regulation, have a point in every home game. And when you think about the fact that the Islanders play 12 of their first 17 games on the road, it's time for them to make up some points by getting on uh, in a groove on home ice. Now, they started a four-game home swing with the win over Buffalo, they'll be facing the Boston Bruins Thursday night at the Coliseum. That is their next home game. And hopefully, you know, this is now, it's a four-game homestand and in total nine games out of ten at the Nassau Coliseum. So hopefully the Islanders can take full advantage of this extended time at home and continue to pick up more and more points on Coliseum ice, and no word yet as to when exactly there will be fans in the stands again uh, at the Coliseum. Again, trying to work out all the fine details of that, and we will certainly keep you posted, but hopefully 
uh, a limited number of fans will start to head back to the Coliseum, and that will be a great thing when it happens. That's going to do it for us on today's Locked on Islanders podcast. We'll be back tomorrow with a full preview of the game against the Bruins and a whole lot more. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe. And of course, let's go Islanders.